excuse me, where have you been? <laughs> to the vets? Why? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Nothing. You went for me? Why? <laughs> tablets for me? I don't think I need any more tablets to take, thank you very much. <laughs> worming tablets? Why on earth would you think I need worming tablets? <laughs> oh... You overheard me. This week's news stories. Worms. Yes, well, we do have worms this week, but that's not what I meant, chap. (laughs) It is nice to know you're thinking of me, though. Thanks for that. Right, think it's really time for us to get this news done. So, if you wouldn't mind, chap. (laughs) Cool. Hit it. As you may have gathered, we'll be mentioning a fair few video game-inspired crossovers this week, and I suppose we should start as we mean to go on. The announcement from Steamforged Games this week has excited fans as news of Resident Evil, the board game pre-order availability, has finally been given after its successful Kickstarter campaign. Yep, eager beavers have been awaiting the time they can dive headlong into the iconic Spencer Mansion in the one-to-four-player cooperative survival horror campaign. Based on the 2002 remake of the genre-defining Capcom video game Resident Evil, the board game allows players to assume the roles of special tactics and rescue service, stars, members. Players will investigate a series of bloody and mysterious murders, finding themselves trapped in the infamous mansion. The adaptation is designed to be a 30-hour campaign game where every decision matters and has lasting consequences. As campaign unfolds, the mansion's layout will evolve and the danger levels will increase, providing an immersive and continually evolving gameplay experience. The game represents one of six collaborations between Steamforged Games and video game giant Capcom. Producing successful adaptations including Dark Souls the board game, Dark Souls the role-playing game, Horizon Zero Dawn the board game, and Monster Hunter World the board game, which raised more than £2.8 million on Kickstarter earlier this year, attracting over 13,000 backers. Matt Hart, co-founder and creative director at Steamforged Games, expressed his excitement about the project, stating, Resident Evil the board game is yet another iconic Capcom video game we've had the pleasure of bringing to the tabletop. With every adaptation, we put our all into invoking the emotions fans felt the first time they experienced the video game. He emphasised the importance of staying true to the original experience, adding that the Resident Evil broke new ground and defined the survival horror genre, making the adaptation a particular honour for the team. Pre-orders are now open over on the Steamforged website. Sticking with the video game aspect, but not necessarily a direct port, is the next game from video game-styled party game Boss Monster Creators Brotherwise Games. Well, utilising its characters from Boss Monster, and as Nintendo did with Mario, what better way to move forward than to stick all your characters in go-karts? Add unusual weapons and let you lose. So Dungeon Cart picks up to six players in a dash around a track to be the first one to cross the finish line. As in Mario Kart, 
Crash Team Racing and various other arcade racing video games, you'll be able to collect coins along the way that power up your racer's unique abilities and unleash weapons and traps by driving into spellbooks around the course. Each character, made up of returning boss monster bosses such as King Croak and Gorgona and Kart, has different powers and attributes, reflected in a unique dashboard used to control the cart's speed as players zip round the hex grid track. The six playable characters and six different carts can be selected separately, allowing for different mix-ups of abilities and vehicles. The dashboard features a gear stick-like lever that can be adjusted up or down on the player's turn to change their speed, affecting their cart's handling on different terrains such as dirt, grass and water, and influencing their ability to drift around corners or risk spinning out. The tracks are made up of a combination of 10 double-sided tiles, which can be rearranged to create custom layouts and varying lengths. Hazards encountered range from oil slicks and bombs to zombies and pesky heroes, a pain for the bosses. Players can usually use collected spells to unleash magic, such as fireballs on their rival racers, or try and take the lead by teleporting ahead. In a neat way of mimicking the rubber band helping hand of games such as Mario Kart that aim to keep racers in close competition, racers towards the back of the pack will draw their collected spells from a different deck to those in the middle or indeed at the front of the group, with the chance to pull off more powerful spells to help you catch up if you've ended up lagging behind. Dungeon Kart is currently live on Kickstarter, where $50 will get you the base game due to release next August. The crowdfunding campaign runs till September the 8th. As Disney Lorcana's official release date hits on the 1st of September, after its soft launch through FLGS's and larger stores ends, Disney isn't sitting on its laurels and already looking forward to the future. So much so is that talks are in place to include cards that would extend past Disney's library of feature movies to include elements from the animation giant's catalogue of short films too. According to the global head of games at Lorcana, publisher Ravensburger, Philippe Franck, who confirmed to the LA Times that the studio has permission to turn anything seen in any of Disney's movies or shorts into a future Lorcana card. While a number of Disney shorts star familiar characters from the studio's feature films, original shorts include the likes of Paper Man, the 2012 black and white story of a piece of paper drifting between two would-be lovers. Director John Carr's short was shown ahead of Wreck-It Ralph in cinemas and became Disney's first animated short to win an Oscar in over 40 years. Older shorts include Disney's early Silly Symphonies, a series of 75 shorts set to music that debuted in 1929's Grieg Scored the Skeleton Dance and ran until 1939's The Ugly Duckling, which won the Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film. Silly Symphonies typically ensued popular characters such as Mickey Mouse in favour of original characters and concepts several based on existing folk or fairy tales. Frank added that Locana, which launched last Friday with a release of debut set the first chapter in local game stores, following a limited pre-release at Gen Con, 
currently has plans for 10 years of content and releases. The card game's second set, the second chapter, will land this November following the wide release of the first chapter on September the 1st. I know us here at Meeple Minded HQ are awaiting news that would include anything Pixar. I'm so up for a battle including Baymax, Wally, Jack Jack, and now we're including Shorts, my favourite feathered friends from the Pixar short for the birds. And if you've not seen it, please do. Asmodee, the ever-foreboding overseer of many a board game publisher, doesn't usually hit the news train very often, except for its occasional adding to its stable. However, the tabletop publishing behemoth Asmodee, owner of franchises such as Catan, Ticket to Ride and Pandemic, clocked some impressive earnings during the first fiscal quarter of 2023. But that performance was overshadowed by news that a $2 billion investment deal with the Saudi-backed Savvy Gaming Group recently crumbled. Well, in fact, it was the Sweden-based Embracer Group, which purchased Asmodee in 2021 for $3.1 billion, announced the loss of a major investment opportunity in May causing stock prices to plummet and pushing the holding company into cost-cutting mode. According to a report from Axios, that deal was very likely a six-year investment from Savvy Gaming Group, a public investment fund tied directly to the kingdom's sovereign wealth. Savvy previously invested $1 billion into Embracer in June of 2022, which created friction amongst developers owned by Embracer, as well as consumers who suddenly find their art and money fattening the purses of a country with a long and sordid list of human rights violations. Axios further reports that savvy executives told them the operation is a genuine effort to get into gaming and address the professional and leisure interests of the kingdom's youthful population and not just a method of diversifying Saudi Arabia's oil-dependent economy. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman currently holds a chair on Savvy's corporate board. The economic fallout of this lost deal will roll out through March of next year. Interim CEO Matthew Karch and Interim CSO Phil Rogers initiated a restructuring programme which amounts to layoffs amongst the 17,000 employees working for Embracer and its massive portfolio of owned entities. We don't have any details about who will be affected or whether C-suite paycheck cuts will also be part of the cost-saving move. Workforce triage is an unfortunately common move from interim leadership to appease stockholders during periods when the earnings don't line up enough. Speaking of lines going up, Asmodee managed to perform well despite all the drama affecting its parent company. Sales in the first quarter, April through June, increased to a converted $292.9 million, compared to 2022's $245.2 million during the same period. According to the financial report, the tabletop publisher faced increased expenses and shrinking margins during the fiscal quarter, but still managed to increase its organic growth by 9%. 
Europe reportedly outperformed the US market in terms of its natural growth, which the company defines as anything not derived from acquisitions. Trading card games led the 70% increase for Embracer's entertainment and services segment, largely thanks to the runaway success of Magic the Gatherings, The Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle-Earth, Premier Set. Embracer owns Middle-Earth Enterprise, which owns many of the exclusive rights to Tolkien's seminal fantasy works. Exploding Kittens, Anarchy Pancakes, Fantasy Flight's Marvel Dagger, and successful new miniatures game Star Wars Shatterpoint from Atomic Mass were name-dropped as members of the strong pipeline of releases that helped Asmodee achieve its notable fiscal quarter numbers. The report anticipates a strong performance from upcoming board games such as the legacy version of Ticket to Ride and Fantasy Flight's entry into the contemporary trading card game with Star Wars Unlimited. Embracer also highlighted the three Spiel des Jahres awards garnered by board games published or owned by Asmodee. Mysterium Kids, Captain Echo's Treasure, Clinch the Kinderspiel de Jar, and Capture the Flag-inspired car game Challengers took the Kennerspiel de Jar. A standalone sequel called Challengers Beach Cup was recently announced, which we mentioned last week. Unlock and Unlock Kids were awarded the judges Sonder's Prix, a special award honouring industry impact or especially clever innovation. While Asmodee itself has not announced any layoffs, redundancies or studio closures, this spoiled deal highlights the precarious and fraught nature studios must accept as the reality of corporate ownership. They are largely insulated from the boom or bust nature of the tabletop game industry, but must accept ties to Saudi Arabia and the ever-looming threat of being thrown on a sacrificial pyre of fiscal stability. Fans of Critical Role and in turn their parent company, Darrington Press, are showing they want to be more than just the steward of Dungeons & Dragons' most successful actual play series. What ostensibly started with Ukatoa in 2021 has exploded into a full line of upcoming tabletop RPGs and board games. Their latest release, Queen by Midnight, pits players against each other in a race for the crown, revolving around a multi-use centerpiece tower. Queen by Midnight is the creation of Critical Role producer Kyle Shire, but it breaks from the fantasy universe of Exandria altogether and opts for a general theme more common in board games than its role-playing heavy cousins. The Midnight Queen has died and has evoked the rule by Midnight as her final act. Now, the princesses of Twelvefold will undergo 24 hours of court combat to earn their right to wear the crown. Between three and six players choose amongst six princesses and engage in a design that press release describes as the ultimate battle royale deck building game. On their turn, princesses can purchase spell cards from a shared market to augment their deck which also contains character-specific cards. Lay traps for their royal opponents or take the fight to them directly in bloody melee. As the name implies, everyone has a set amount of turns before the clock strikes midnight and ends the game. The player with the most clout, remaining health, or the only one left standing alive wins everything. Player boards, ability cards and other implements fill the table during play, but it's the cardboard clock tower that dominates every player's view. Queen by Midnight has designed the building to serve several uses during play. It tracks turns on the clock's face, spins to face the active player on their turn, 
offers new general cards to purchase from the bazaar and acts as a tumble-down dice roller. It's a clever design and as far as unconventional boards go, especially when the title isn't so much concerned with physical distance or representing a physical space. Every princess approaches the battle royale with their own unique set of capabilities and magic. One might specialise in body-mutating alchemy, while other flexes her uromancy powers by controlling the realm of dreams and imagination. The other crowned contenders include a light-blessed paladin, a strider pegasus, a battle-hardened soldier from the front lines of her army, a sadistic brute who can control the blood of her foes, and a cunning manipulator with a fixation on mirrors. Princess decks contain 200 themed cards that can be augmented by 75 general bizarre cards as players gradually construct their winning strategy. Queen by Midnight is already available to purchase from Darrington Press Guild, physical locations and the online Critical Role shop. A wider release to the local game stores is reportedly coming soon and we've been informed that this is far from the only project Darrington Press has in the works. So stay tuned. And it's time to pop over to Board Game Geek and see what top 5 games are making the list this week. So these games on the list may already be out, due to come out, or crowdfunding at the moment. It tends to be a list based on what people are searching for over on Board Game Geek right now, and as of recording. And 5. Simulate a whole contemporary nation in this asymmetric politico-economic Eurogame in hegemony from Hegemonic Project Games. And four. Oh, it must be a new racing season as Heat Pedal to the Metal drifts back into the top five. They must be putting additives in the fuel over there at Days of Wonder. And three. Freelancers sees you exploring the garbage of a ruined world in the new gig economy from Played Hat Games. And two, terraform the world to expand your faction and create innovations on the way in Age of Innovation from Capstone Games. And one, Mind Clash Games tops the hot list this week with Voidfall. Repel the Void Born and restore Dominium in this 4X space game for Euro enthusiasts. And we're off to crowdfunding now, and this week we are over on Kickstarter. And well, we're back to the video game adaptations with, as we heard in the intro, Worms the Board Game. Yep, Worms the Board Game is from Mantic Games. It's for two to six players, ages 10 and over. It's going to take you about 45 minutes to play, and it ends on September the 15th. With a super engaging blend of fun, strategy and luck worms is an absolute blast and one of those uh, just one more game experiences that are amazing to enjoy with friends and family featuring a hex-based landscape that your worms will move around collecting crates dodging mines and getting into position with the right weapon at the right time to unleash tabletop hilarity on your foes keep your team alive whittle down the opposition and win the day we have classic weapons like holy hand grenades, homing pigeons, joining the mainstay Uzis and banana bombs, including supplies, a destructible landscape, oil barrels, wind, and should the game go on long enough, one of several sudden death cards will be waiting at the bottom of the deck. 
And of course we have our worms, and they're some of the most downright fun miniatures we've ever seen. They're so full of charm and humour. With rave reviews already from some of the gaming industry's finest, including Man vs. Meeple Crew and the Dice Tower team, it seems as far as we're concerned a 3D realisation of the chaos many of us have grown up with is a welcome one. And the Kickstarter base pledge, or Mayhem Pledge as they've called it, is £79, which includes many more benefits than its retail counterpart once it's released at retail, like more worms, unique sculpts of the worms, 5th and 6th player expansion, extra weapons and components. Or go big with the Armageddon Pledge, which on top of everything in the Mayhem Pledge includes an exclusive dice and dice tray, neoprene playmat and additional landscapes to play on. And that pledge comes in at £119. See, that's what I meant by worms. Would have been never heard of them. Bloody youngsters. Right, I'm sure there's some retro emulator somewhere online I can educate you with. Oh, hang on. Before we do, let's say goodbye to our wonderful listeners. And it's a goodbye from me. Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week. Incoming!